Hi, I'm Sanera Madani, and I'm a mom of two, a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a billion dollar business. Yes, a billion dollar business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit 1 million in revenue. And I became obsessed on a mission to change that. I believe that there is so much gatekeeping in business knowledge and that we as female entrepreneurs should be learning from other female founders and leaders who have broken the statistics. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way, but you shouldn't have to because we believe that you deserve to have it all. And honestly, nothing bad happens when women make more money. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. Hello, everyone. Welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanira Madani. And today I have a sibling duo here. And so this is so near and dear to my heart because obviously I got a chance to work with my brother for the last 10 years of my life building our company stacks to uh, record-breaking revenue and everything in between. But it's so fun to get to do it with someone that you love, someone that you trust. And so today I get to interview two sisters, Becca and Jess Stern, who have a company called Mustard Made. And this is gonna be so exciting because they are just truly marketing and creative geniuses. They have created a product that... Um, is lockers. Like they didn't invent anything new. They didn't start something that wasn't in existence, but they found a unique way to bring it to market. And through that unique way and through their partnership and through all the scales, uh, they have created a global company that is doing multi millions of dollars in revenue. And what's really great, honestly, is that they are a global company. Becca is literally right now we're recording and it's 1 a.m. from Australia and her sister Jess is in the UK. And so I, she's really, truly showing up. And so it is such an honor today to welcome the two of you, Becca and Jess, to CEO School. Welcome to the show, ladies. What an honor. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. I'm very happy to be up, even if it's 1 a.m. Oh, thank you. Jess, welcome as well. We're so, so pumped. We're just like right before the show. I like to get to know our guest and you guys are just going to be in for a treat today. Um, and I just love it. I'd love to hear about your journey and just, you know, kick us off telling telling us about how you decided to make a better locker and how did you start Mustard Made? So tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, so it actually all started with a walk on the beach. Um, I was over in Australia visiting Becca and her very newborn little son. Um, and we'd always had conversations about starting a business together. We lived on the opposite sides of the world to each other. Um, and it was just a way, well, we decided that it was a way that would keep us closer. Um, and on this walk on the beach um, in February 2017, I want to say um, we yeah. Yeah, that's right um, we had this conversation about what we were gonna produce together what this business was gonna be and Becca suggested lockers and I turned around and said what the hell are you talking about who wants a locker mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then we continued that journey and I kind of said to Becca well she said to me give me six months let me look into this let me see where I can go with this 
Um, and she kept coming back to me every day with this new update or this factory that she'd found and decided that we were going to go to China and we were going to go find manufacturers. And I couldn't have been more excited. Um, it was her enthusiasm and the joy of doing it with her. Um, every day on my commute to work, I had a really long commute at the time. Um, and she would call me in the morning and on this train, I would hear about all the things that she was getting up to and give her all the advice of how to deal with this situation or this email or this conversation. And it was a really great starting point um, for both of us. I love it. Okay. I love this. This is going to make me so emotional because I started the company <laughs> initially and then my brother joined about six months thereafter. But he was always just such a part of even that like building phase of validating the idea and whatever it was. And so mm -hmm. I love that you guys like wanted to do this to stay closer. It's so sweet. Um, Becca, how did you just like decide lockers, right? And so I love that there wasn't this like, we're solving this problem. And I feel like so many entrepreneurs want to be entrepreneurs. Like you genuinely just wanted to have a business with your sister and you ended up choosing this mm -hmm. product. So it wasn't that you had this like, massive like pain point or something like you were like what can we start a business in and then you picked locker so tell me about how you came about deciding what product or service you were going to start yeah so before mustard I had had a small business um, of my own I used to make jewelry and I also had an events business so all of my friends were in small business so that was really very much um, my comfort zone um, but I'd kind of realized that the businesses that I was running were just not scalable. And having just had my second child, I realized that I did not want to be making jewelry for the rest of my life. So that was kind of where I was at in life. Like I knew I needed some change and I wanted something that was going to be able to scale. So that was really kind of key in deciding what product or service we might offer. Um, and then really the spark came from this article that I'd read about um kind of whisper ideas and it was kind of this like reverse article that the whisper ideas sound really appealing they're the ones that you have to speak so quietly because someone might steal your idea and run away with it but actually those don't normally turn into the successful businesses it's kind of like the myspace before facebook came along like it's this top secret thing but someone can come along and do it after you and once that secret's revealed it's all over so the article is saying that what's more, more kind of has more longevity is to find something that only you can do the way that you do it. And that was the key. And so I started thinking about my jewelry studio and my home, and I had all these rusty old lockers that I had literally picked up on the side of the road or antique stores. And yeah, I'd been customizing them for years and putting shelves in and trying to, you know, find ways to lock them because they didn't lock. And so that was really the spark. And then knowing that if I could design something for my kids and have them as wardrobes for my children, and if I was going to like that, then it might be a little unusual, but I reckon that I could convince other people to, to get into lockers as well. Oh my God. I love that. Including me. I love this because it's so true. This is one of like my biggest pet peeves. I travel a lot for, I like, speak at conferences and I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs and, you know, they're so afraid, so many entrepreneurs are so afraid to tell you their idea. And I'll tell you, they're not mm. going to make it. Like those entrepreneurs, it's such a small, like, it's already so hard to make it. And then the fraction of those entrepreneurs succeeding is close to none because it's not mm. about, you know, the most, if in 2023, someone's already made it. Let's just be like, someone's already done it. Someone's already made it. And it's not about mm. the most like unique thing. 
or like the most novel idea, it's about execution and how you can execute it best or what makes your particular widget, gadget, software, product, whatever it may be, unique. And that's what people want. They want that story. They want the brand. They want that uniqueness of that one offer. And it's totally okay to be in a market uh, that's saturated or totally okay to be in a market that there's already products and services that are in existence. It actually is easier because you don't have to reinvent the wheel. When you're having to start from something that completely doesn't exist, right? Um, like like space travel, that takes a lot of dollars and funding and a lot of failure and and probably you know decades before we will see anything out of it. Now it's really cool. It's really novel. And it should be done. And there are very, very, very small styles of businesses that could succeed in that. But for the majority of us, it's just not practical to be able to do that. And so if you're looking for a business idea, you don't have to uh, you know, look around you. And I love Becca's advice on what is it that you do that's super unique um, that you can bring to the table. And that's what made their company successful. So I absolutely love it, love it, love it, love it. So what happened next? <laughs> you guys are... Um, started this business. How was it like building a company across the globe with like, you know, global partners? Like um, you have offices in the UK. I know you have office in Australia. You have half your team members in the UK. Half your team is in Australia. You guys are on different uh, sides of the world. Your manufacturing is in China. You have customers in the US. Like how do you manage this global company and make it all work? <laughs> Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I would say there's a lot of a lot of early starts and late nights goes without saying. Um, it's, I guess, like you just build it brick by brick, you know, one step at a time, and you take the next sort of obvious step. And you know, once we figured out that the best place to manufacture lockers is a city in China, then you kind of work in the next step. Well, how do I get them from China to? you know, Australia and when they get here, where am I going to put them? And well, you know, if I'm talking container loads, how big a warehouse do I need? And you kind of just, yeah, I suppose you just solve it one step at a time and having that, I guess the belief in the business and in ourselves to run this business kind of gives like, gives you that fire in your belly to, to take those leaps and, and, and go a little bit deeper. And, and I think to build a business um, that was, you know, we, we had a manufacturer that was scalable and so we needed systems and a team that was also scalable. And, you know, our website, we, we kind of wanted, knew that we needed something that could grow with us. And so we're always trying to have everything very cloud-based, anything that we can automate with like, you know, we, we always aim to do that. So yeah, it's, there's a lot of moving parts, but, um, you just dive in and, and, and build it. I love it. You know what I hear? And I'd say that's definitely... It's resiliency. Sorry. It's resiliency, yeah. right? It's like the willingness to figure it out and to make it work and not letting all the things stop you. The late nights, the early mornings, like that's just part of entrepreneurship. And you're like, we're going to find a way to do it. We're going to do it. Jess, what were you about to add? Yeah, so I'd say like definitely what Becca said, like the last five years, we've definitely worked in that way. And I think in the last kind of six months, we're 
both personally evaluating the business and the scale that we have and how that can work going forward and how we can really have a future with this business as well. And so we've started to look at our processes and we started to look forward for the very first time, I would say, rather than that brick by brick process, it's more like five bricks at a time. Um, Mm. And I think that that's been a real big change for us personally on our growth of this business and how we run it and looking at, you know, growing our team to the scale that we really want this business to be. I love that you have a team that is scaling alongside. I love that I've heard the word scale like a million times in this conversation. <laughs> that is everything that we're about at CEO School is all about scalability. And in order for you to build a successful business, you have to keep scale in mind from the early stages. And whether that be through scaling mm. through products, right, in terms of your manufacturers, how you're thinking about it, scaling through people, right, in your team. And of course, scaling through processes through, you talked a lot about technology and automations that you're thinking about from an early, your website Mm -hmm. had to be scalable. And like coming out of those spreadsheets into scalable systems, a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck, right? We're like, and so I love that you, you kind of have this natural ability of thinking about scaling, but for those entrepreneurs that don't have that natural ability, let this be a reminder that you have to ensure like in whatever you're doing in your business, just ask yourself, if every step of the process, is this scalable? Answer is yes or no. Yes, great, keep going. No, go find a solution that's scalable. So scalability is super, super important. Yeah. And something that I want to come we back to- We actually have a motto. Sorry? Oh, so, sorry, I keep interrupting you. Um, we actually have a motto within our business that like think 10 times. So we've been saying that for a few years now. So it's like, does this work 10 times as big? We're going to be best because friends. Because if it doesn't- We're we best friends. I will tell you, we're best friends. I'm coming to Australia <laughs> and London. Um, in 2015, so we had this viral article in 2014 for my company, Stacks, when I had first uh, founded the company. It was a total shit show. We lost so much business opportunity. Our website crashed. Our We had no CRM system. Like It was one of the greatest things that could have happened to us as a company, and we fucking bombed it, okay? And from that moment, all over our like walls, like we had a little stick. Everything was 10x scalability. So our entire mm. company mission there forward was 10x scalability of we were never going to let an opportunity because of scale stop us. And so that is one of like my biggest lessons in my early stages because I wasn't thinking about scalability. I was laying one brick at a time, one customer at a time. And when a thousand came knocking, I couldn't I could not onboard these customers. And so it was like so frustrating but it was the greatest, it was the worst thing, but it was the greatest thing that ever happened to us because we turned that into a business that, you know, is doing 160 plus million in revenue now. And so it, it took that like complete breaking um, for us to think about scale. And what I've also learned about scale over my years is that it's going to break even after you do it. And so what got you from, and I'm sure yeah. you can attest to it from that zero to a, you know, six figure mark was not what's got you from like six to seven figures. And now you're going from, you know, the, the seven figure mark to this next chapter and the and the multi six figures and beyond it's it, it's supposed to break at every step so scale needs to be at the mm. forefront and I love that you said 10x um as part of your motto y'all are brilliant this company is gonna like <laughs> be the world's greatest locker company for sure um they, they don't just make I want to talk about the product really quick because it's so beautiful it's I'm obsessed I'm a mother I have two little girls and I cannot wait to get your lockers in our playroom 
Um, so fun. I would love for you guys to tell us about the lockers and what they're like, because we've got an audience that's listening and they can't see. And don't worry, we're going to link everything into the show notes. We'll link all of their handles, social website, everything. Um, you guys have to check out mustard made, but I want to hear it from Jess and Becca. Could you describe your lockers? I think they're so stunning and unique. Tell us about them. (laughs) Yeah. So we, as I said, they were kind of inspired by the vintage lockers that I had. So they have that kind of traditional vents on them. Um, They have a mustard logo very subtly embossed on them. So you always know that you're getting a mustard made piece. Um, They're all designed to be one of our kind of taglines is homework and play. So they're really pieces that can transition, whether it's a baby, you've got a new baby and you need a little mini wardrobe for them, or they're a teenager and, you know, they want to keep all their computer games in there or an adult for their co-working space. So all of our products are are designed to to work, you know, in your home, kids' room or office spaces. Um, They're also flexible, so you can move the shelves, you can take the rails out. You can lock them, but a really key thing is that you don't have to lock them because some, yeah, sometimes you don't maybe want to in a kid's room, you want to hide that lock so your kids can't lock their things away and lose the key, that kind of thing. Um, and really importantly, one of our kind of signature signature looks is our color range. So we have 11 beautiful colors at the moment, hopefully some more in the works coming soon. Um, but yeah, we have this really bright, colorful um, rainbow of lockers, we call it, um, that really kind of appeals to kids or adults, girls and boys. And yeah, there's a locker for everybody. They're stunning. And I love that you <laughs> called it your signature palette, because I think that, you know, when we were chatting earlier, I asked you, what is something that you consider yourself an expert in that has made you successful? And both of you immediately were like branding and marketing. And so this is a podcast Mm -hmm. for female entrepreneurs. They are scaling their businesses. And I want to give them some teachable moments that we can learn from you. You know, it's 2023 now. It's so hard to stand out in, you know, advertising or, you know, scaling your, you know, how to reach your customers. But one thing that draws attention is the brand right? Could you tell us a little bit about how you think about a brand strategy and how you're thinking about your marketing strategy? So I'd love to go a little bit tactical here on your branding and marketing strategy with some tips that our female founders of today can take away, especially those that have a product or service that that they want to, um, you know, uh, go global or, you know, reach many more customers. So would love to get your tips on branding and marketing. I think for me, the really key word is consistency. And when we are all just so over overwhelmed, bombarded with images and emails, and we're getting fed images all over the place, it's so easy to chase what you see and see a trend and think that that's what you should be doing. Or, you know, maybe I should redesign my logo every year to keep up to date with the font trends and things like that. And I, I think for me, having a strong brand is staying consistent, knowing who you are and staying in your own lane. And that could be, you know, across your email marketing, your socials, whatever that is, it, it's really staying close to your niche at all times. Um, so that's kind of my, yeah, I guess that's my like guiding principle. In terms of the way that we've grown, um, one of the things that we did um, that was maybe a little different was going wholesale first. 
So a lot of small businesses might, you know, add in wholesale. Um, and I would always kind of advise people to make sure that if wholesale is part of the plan, you need to think about that before you're there. You know, when you're pricing your products immediately, you should think about wholesale, even if you're not ready for it. But we went straight straight in with wholesale first. And that was a really big part of our marketing was to get our products out there in the world and let people touch and feel them, let our stockists become the brand ambassadors and sell our products for us and then let them promote them through their socials. And then I think a big part of making that successful was providing them with a really great library of images. So investing in our photography from the beginning, even when, you know, we didn't have any money, we weren't making any money um, before we'd actually launched. That was something that we spent, you know, our own savings on was, was to get photographers in, do as many photo shoots as we could, and to really help people understand how to use our products and picture them in their homes and their kids' rooms um, through the photography. And then that became this kind of trigger for getting really great press coverage as well. And now PR is very much part of what we do in-house as well as have agencies. So we've really kind of been able to leverage leverage trends like Barbie core with the Barbie movie coming up. We've got some great coverage around that. And yeah, I think that's a combination, but always staying consistent and true to who we are and what we do. Uh, Becca is definitely our marketing expert. So no, I think she said it beautifully. And yeah, I think if you just look at our Instagram feed, the consistency is really clear through the feed. And I think something that we did really early on was keep that color flow. So with the different colors that we've got, you know, we've got nine different images that each post is, is within that one image, and then it moves on to another one. And if you've scrolled through our feed it's got this beautiful rainbow of colors that matches our lockers and you know that's shown in our imagery on our website as well as on our feed now on tiktok that we're doing tiktoks like Mm -hmm. it's it's this real consistent flow that you see kind of on any channel that we do um and i think you know that's what our customers in particular really resonated with that they just like they see an image and they want to recreate it and we see that so often and it's such a joy when we get tagged in a photo um where a customer has tried to kind of recreate something that we've created and it it brings us like yeah it's it's really it's really wonderful to see I love it there's so much to take away here and I think you're so right I love what you talked about is that we get you know as you know as entrepreneurs like you're always looking at things you're looking at competitors you're looking at trends in the marketplace and it's so easy to be like I need to change mine because there's something always better out there And I think that what you've done and just reminding us that what you, when, if you've built something that is unique, like just own that and that consistency is going to last like this test of time and that consistency Mm -hmm. is what's going to pay off and you don't have to change your look every so often and, um, you know, readjust. I do think that there are moments, like if your brand is not up to par at a certain, you know, it is important for for you to do. So I don't want to give that (laughs) advice. I do, I do believe I just believe in a powerful brand, but you have to invest in creating that powerful brand and then you stay consistent with that powerful brand. And so I do think that it's such great advice for entrepreneurs to stop, you know, looking at the grass is always greener at the other on the other side. We have to start watering our own grass and we don't even give that grass enough time before we're like, okay, everything's got to change. So such great advice on staying consistent 
And what that does is create, it actually creates a strategy, right? That is your brand and marketing strategy. It's that consistency. It's that palette. It's that look. It's that signature piece that everyone is always going to think about when they think about your brand. That is how household names like Nike have come about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's consistent, right? It's consistency. They don't change their stuff at, like constantly. And so iconic brands have iconic imagery and iconic logos and iconic things over time that are consistent. And so I love that you're thinking about that in your brand strategy and staying true to that. And that develops a strategy. And so when you are now implementing the new trending thing in marketing, because marketing is going to change every single year, right? How we're reaching our customers you know, um, Instagram's going to change, uh, you know, social's going to change, email's going to change, but that brand strategy that you've already developed can stay consistent across whatever channel the distribution is. So that makes your life as a company easier from a go-to-market strategy perspective, because you know, this is our strategy, whether the outlet is TikTok or whether the outlet is Instagram, whether the outlet is email marketing, whether the outlet is through PR, this is our brand strategy. So that makes things so much more scalable, right? That's a scalable brand strategy at the end of the day. So spot on. I absolutely 100% support everything these ladies are doing and saying. They're amazing. Um, last, uh, you know, question kind of like topic that I want to ask you all, uh, both of you is that you are managing a team of 20 plus people and vendors across and all of the things. How have you really fostered, you know, tell me about your company culture and how you're fostering that team, uh, for growth, because I find so often that we have amazing entrepreneurs. I, I get an opportunity to meet and coach thousands of female entrepreneurs every year through our programming, through conference, through all the things. And the one thing that I find is that we as women are so risk averse, right? We don't want to take a bet on things. We're the last, we're like so afraid of taking that, that step. And in order for you to scale, right, you can scale as much as you want in your product, as much as you want in your process. But if you cannot scale through people as well, right? You don't have a business. So we are as founders in the business of people. And I just want to say that I think it's so incredible that you do have this team that is supporting you. That is how you build companies beyond that million dollar mark. Um, So I do want to, you know, share a little bit about that of what I see for female entrepreneurs, not investing in teams, not Mm. being able to find the, you know, I'm not able to find the right person. No one can do it as, as good as I do. Like, Tell us about so how you've cultivated a team of 20 plus. What was that journey like about your culture and how you're continuing to scale through people? We've actually just gone through a process of, of hiring more people and we're now at 31. So we've yeah, really, really pushed ourselves, um, really planning for growth, you know, and, and seeing those gaps. And I think um, you're absolutely right. The number of times I have said to Jess, but nobody could do it the way I do it. How could anybody possibly take that on? And then one by one, we hired one person and they did. And then we hired two people and that person did as well. And then I think what, what I didn't really, having always worked very independently, what I didn't really know and I really learned from Jess was that when you give somebody what you, you know, was a small part of your working week or your role and they take it, they turn it into a full-time role magically. And it suddenly becomes, you know, it, it just kind of evolves and suddenly you could never do that without that person anymore. And I think I had, I probably like a lot of the women that you coach, you know, I really had to go through that process to believe it and to believe in my own ability to lead that team alongside Jess um, 
yeah, it's it's definitely. I think you know at the moment one of our kind of current mottos is that as this business grows, we have to grow too. And I think the the personal development that goes alongside having a business is inescapable. You will be you know closing your business down if you refuse to grow. And it's not easy and it is constant. It is relentless. You know, it, it's kind of like what you're saying about the, the growth, um, you know, with your business. It's exactly the same. You will never quite be in a comfort zone again. <laughs> you're always going to be stretched. And once you stretch, you're going to sort of think that you're comfortable and you're going to have to stretch again. And that's kind of been the journey that, that we've been on for five years now. Yeah. And I think that we have done every role within this business. You know, it just started the two of us and it was just the two of us for some time. And as the time has gone on and it wasn't until really last year that we really started to hire and the last kind of two months um, <laughs> and the team has grown and grown since then. But, you know, I think we know what to do in our business we understand every process and that's been really important we were scared to hire to begin with like Becca said that definitely took some coaching I'd come from big businesses before so I understood how they worked and you know that you needed people and that other people could actually be better than I was at some (laughs) jobs and I I like absolutely always hold my hands up to that um I'm a great leader but I'm not necessarily always a great doer and I think you know knowing that about my Myself has been a really helpful tool as we've grown this business um, and I love the process of hiring um, bringing a team on board mentoring people and seeing them grow and flourish and bloom and you know it's helped us to get to where we are today and it's it's just part of the process that's you know making us a forever a forever business for us I love this this is such great advice I I truly do support every single thing that you said. It's the same philosophy that I've built my businesses on. And I'm so glad that we got an opportunity at CEO School to learn from you today. For my final question before we leave is, you know, what advice do you, you know, would you give back to your younger entrepreneur self, right? That, you know, is getting started and now you're here. So what advice would you want to give to your your younger CEO? We'll start with you, Becca. Yeah, I, I, I would say higher would be, would be um, a really key one that I, that I didn't, like I said, I I think I had to really learn that one the hard way. Um, But I suppose like looking back over the many, you know, chapters of my life, it would just be to kind of like reassure my younger self that everything is leading you somewhere and you might not understand where it is at the time and you might not be able to connect the dots until later but just kind of keep following your heart follow your passions believe in yourself and you know one day you're going to look back and it's going to be this kind of beautiful tale that all makes you know some kind of crazy sense out of it and there'll be you know yeah magic and beauty in that story I think my life has has had a few twists and turns and they've all got me where I am today so yeah, just kind of reassuring my younger self that it works out well. Keep going. And it's so true, right? It's like, honestly, success, when I look at all successful entrepreneurs, right? It didn't, ha- of course, it's not overnight. And and it's just yeah. honestly, the people who make it are the ones that keep showing up. So like, just keep showing up. That's all you have to do. And you're right. Yeah. When you're looking to look back, it's going to make sense. Like, and you're going to be like, wow, we actually did something <laughs> yeah. here, but you just have to keep showing up. So I love that. Jess, what's your yeah. advice to your younger self? I think for me, it's like, 
uh, if you just don't feel like you were born to run a company, I feel like some people have that in them that they were born to do this or, you know, they always dreamed of being a CEO. That wasn't me. Like that was never me. I, I followed a very um, conventional ladder in the career world. And, you know, I that didn't mean that I couldn't do this. And I think I've always had that doubt in this five year journey. But I can stand here today feeling so confident today maybe not tomorrow <laughs> but definitely um, feeling really confident that I do run this business and I get to do it with Becca and yeah it's a total joy but yeah I love that and it's this is gonna be this is our challenge as like as women right we are, we're still all always trying to validate ourselves and our worthiness in what we have it I still I look back and you know I built a billion dollar company I didn't even know I could go build a million dollar business you know but I I I doubted myself every single step of the way, even up, up, up until exit, right? And I still had so much imposter syndrome because there's always something new to go conquer, to go do. But I think what you said, Jess, is just so comforting. It's just believing yourself, believing in yourself to say, I can do this, right? It might not be conventional. I might not think that I can go, but you can do it. You do have the abilities to do it and um, you show up anyway. And so this was just so much fun today. I feel so inspired learning from the two of you and um, you have a special place in my heart um, as sisters. And I think this is so wonderful. I have two daughters and I, you know, pray that they're, they one day start a business together. I think it's the the greatest, it is, it's the, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do, but it's the most growth you'll ever have. And so there is nothing like it. There's no experience in the world like running a business. Uh, and so I applaud all of you. And we as a community can't wait to go check out Mustard Made. We'll check you out on Instagram. Um, I know you guys are coming to New York City for a trade show in August called Shop Object. So we'll link that as well to make sure that our audience has an opportunity to come meet you You know, at the trade show. We'll check out your site, purchase all the products and all the things. I can't wait. Um, and I can't wait to have the the lockers uh, for my kids in the home. So I'll be, I'll make, I'll be doing that this summer. Uh, they're so cute. Y'all have to check them out. Thank you so much, ladies, for your time today at CEO School. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, if you did, make sure to screenshot this and leave a review for us. That is how we grow our uh, our show. And, um, you know, tag Mustard Made, tag CEO School, tag Sanira Madani, and uh, we'll be resharing them. And so we appreciate uh, the, the, the tags, the love, and of course, uh, the reviews and go check out all the amazing things that these wonderful ladies are doing. Thanks again for such a wonderful time today. Thank you for tuning into today's show. If you loved it, leave us a review. We are so proud to bring you authentic conversations, game changer expert guests, and valuable content on and offline. The best compliment you can give us is by screenshotting today's show and tagging us on Instagram at CEO School and at Sanira Madani. We are obsessed with swag, so don't be surprised if we want to send you some. Thanks for tuning into class today. And remember, nothing bad happens when women make more money.